It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. Uh, so we'll talk with him. We'll get the latest. Uh, you know, how's Aiden doing after that game as well? Uh, we'll see what uh, Tom has to say about all that stuff. Terry Peebles also joining us here at uh, about uh, what three thirty or so. Uh, they're just off of another uh, big win in the NCC and the tough one against Logan Sport this week. Barry's are six and one and standing in the way of Harrison getting an outright conference title. So uh, we'll talk with him about that and get his feelings on that matchup. Also, Caitlin from Purdue Sports putting us up on this week's on-campus activities that you can attend right now. Uh, let's go ahead and start out Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, we're already thinking about Thursday night football. It's on our minds. It features two of the lowest, well, it features the like two of the lowest, two out of the top three worst scoring teams in the NFL. Uh, the Colts, who are the worst in the NFL, and the Broncos, who are second worst in the AFC behind them. Lots of injury questions right now. Jonathan Taylor scans yesterday were negative on his ankle. He could play, but Zach Kiefer, the Athletics, said today um, that uh, he talked to Taylor, and Taylor said, quote, I definitely plan to play, but if you can't go, you can't go. That's why you get as much treatment as you can. Good news. DeForest Buckner did take part in yesterday's walkthroughs. Bad news. No Shaquille Leonard. He is definitely out in concussion protocol. Coach Frank Wright said today that he also broke his nose on that play that knocked him out of the game. On the other side of that coin, the Broncos dealing with some significant losses as well. Two of them, Randy Gregory and Javante Green, both placed on IR yesterday. Russ is also dealing with a right shoulder injury, but as of right now, is expected to play. It's going to be an abysmal Thursday night matchup. Ugh. Meanwhile, over in the NFC, the lowest-scoring team, the Bears, they're taking on the G-Men this Sunday, and questions continue about who will be under center for New York in that matchup. Head coach Brian Dable said that Jones, Daniel Jones' ankle was, quote, feeling a little bit better on Monday, but Tyrod Taylor in the concussion protocol, he is being ruled out for this weekend. Davis Webb will be promoted from the practice squad, it looks like, and the team will work out other quarterbacks in order to make sure they've got enough healthy bodies for this game. We're talking preseason sports. Bulls kicking up their preseason tonight. No ball. He's forever injured because that's the way it works in Chicago, right? You get a superstar and then they're always hurt. Uh, they'll host the Pelicans tonight, though. 9.30 game you can catch on TNT. The Pacers will start their preseason action tomorrow in Charlotte against the Hornets. Meanwhile, Blackhawks will wrap up their preseason Thursday in Minnesota. Folks, we have regular season hockey starting in just seven days. That's odd. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited for it. It's more stuff to bet on and win. 
And that's going to be amazing, but it just... They're trying to push it back with the you know, all the COVID stuff. Really screwed with the seasons. They're trying to get it back on schedule. It's just the process. But for those that want to know, uh, that season will start next Wednesday for them. And they'll just have to go to Colorado. No big deal. <laughs> Best of luck, guys. Um, dealing with the champs. So there you go. Um, Tom Deanhart, by the way, GoldenBlack.com, says Purdue offensive lineman Cam Craig will end his career due to a lingering back issue. 6'5", 310, redshirt junior, started the first three games of 2022 at right tackle before missing the last two. Staff tried to manage his snap count and workload to help him, but his back issue proved to be too much to overcome. And we'll talk with uh, Tom Deanhart a little bit more about that later on here. When he joins us in about 10 minutes. And there you go. That is uh, today's Need to Know News, unless you want to get into the hot gossip of the day. And that is that uh, Giselle and Brady have both hired divorce attorneys. It looks like it's over. You hate to see that. I'm not going to. It's a personal life, man. I don't really want to get into it. I don't want to get into all this speculating about, you know, who did what or something like that. It's a family. Got kids involved in stuff. You just hope it all goes smoothly and everybody's able to move on. We'll see what happens. There you go. It's need no news. All right. Checking out our uh, must-bet stuff for tonight. There's nothing. I don't want you to touch this MLB slate. I mean, I legit don't know what's... Where where are we at here? You got teams managing people for playoff runs. You got call-ups galore. We've been a little out of it lately. I just, I don't see, I don't see the value anywhere in taking anybody. It seems like a real sticky situation. And a lot of, there's a lot of unknowns. And if you do get a game where you feel like you know things, it makes you very uneasy, like the Mets hosting the Nationals. It's a doubleheader, by the way. They're 2-2 in the first game. But still, even Espino versus Walker tonight. Ugh, you want to take the Mets minus 300? You want to take a run line with them? Absolutely not. There's just no real spots where I'm like, hey, you, you, you want to get in on a sod, taking on a call up here for the, the Reds tonight? No, I don't I don't want to mess with any of that stuff. I'm just, I'm off it. We were so good with football last night. Let's stick with it. By the way, we hit the under yesterday. Uh, we hit the uh, Matt Stafford interception. No problem. I don't know how, he missed Higby three times inside the 10-yard line last night. Oh, gosh, was that frustrating. Two times he threw to him, and and he couldn't put it on the money, which should have been scores. And another time where he was wide open, um, and he went over the middle of Cooper Cup and screwed that up. Stafford was horrible last night. But, hey, he said 49ers under and the Stafford INT. We did fine. So, here's what I'm looking for here. We want to find some value in this weekend's games. Is there somebody we can hop into early? 
and take advantage of. And I think there is. Guys, I want you to take a look at Miami minus three. Yeah, no Tua. I get it. But they're taking on the Jets here. And what have what the Jets done for you? Let's be honest here. Absolutely nothing. They rode Joe Flacco to a 1-2 and two record. And then they barely hung on to beat the Steelers last week when they switched over to Kenny Pickett. This is a three-point game. No two and no problem. If you're worried about Teddy Bridgewater, don't be. It's Teddy Covers, baby. 42-21 and 21 against the spread. Lifetime. 42-21. and 21. Covers two of every three games. He's even better on the road. Ready for this? 24-6 and six against the spread on the road for his career. 80%. And you're getting an 80% guy cover on the road at minus three. Think about that for a second. Dolphins are a darn good team. No Tua, that's okay. Still got Tyreek Hill. You still got Gasecki. You got Raheem Mostert in the backfield. Let's go. Minus three? Yeah, I'm I'm on this a little bit early. That line will climb as soon as everybody starts paying attention to what's going on here and start thinking about things. And they'll start thinking about things around Thursday when the injury reports and stuff are gonna wrap up. Get in on this now. That's an early bet for me here. I'm on it. Dolphins, minus three. Teddy Bridgewater, 42-21 and 21 against the spread. Lifetime, he's 24-6 and six on the road against the spread. Lifetime. I am a, I'm a believer in Teddy B. Especially against the Jets. Oof. Jets are giving up 25.3 points per game. That's a lot, people. You don't think Teddy can't slice and dice that up? So that's the move for you here. Best of luck. Yeah, I'm already thinking. I'm already thinking about what are we going to do this weekend. Yeah, Jets. They're terrible. Take your Dolphins, all right? We'll be good. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, I do have uh, Tom Deanhart, goldenblack.com. He's going to be my guest. We'll talk about the uh, chaos, the anarchy reigning in the Big Ten West. Uh, who's going to end up on top here? We're down another coach. What? Let's see if I can get some validation on my, uh, on my theory about what happened to Chris. We'll talk about that and more. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Hammer Down Show, 1017 Hammer, 1017. <laughs> Hey, welcome back. This here is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I'm popping over the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, and uh, we're bringing in Tom Deanhart of goldenblack.com. With all the chaos reigning in the Big Ten West, uh, he's going to set us straight here. Tom, it's uh, always a pleasure to have you on here. There's uh, so much to discuss uh, with this division. Let's go back first off to Saturday. Uh, Purdue gets the win uh, over Minnesota, um, I, I did not have them winning that game. Most of the people media mania did not have them winning that game. I've never been happier 
uh, to be wrong. Just a heck of a performance, especially on the defense uh, on, on Saturday. Um, you watched that thing live and in person, man. What were your immediate thoughts after the win? Yeah, 12-and-a-half-point underdog, I think, when kickoff arrived on Saturday, Jared. So, no, nah, few people really hadn't had Purdue pegged to win this game uh, outright. Um, so, yeah, just a nice victory for the Boilermakers, number one. And number two, you talked about the play of the defense. Outstanding. Um, held Minnesota to 47 yards rushing. Now, we all know that the top goal for running back, Mo Ibrahim, did not play, uh, which was a surprise. Nobody anticipated that at all. But still, that's a pretty good goal for ground game. Even, even the backup running back, Potts, is good. They have a nice line. And for Purdue to sit on that goal for ground game was, was very impressive. Plus, that goal for quarterback, Tanner Morgan, Never really got his RPO game going either. So you got to tip your hand to the defense and then to the Purdue ground game. Who would have thought Purdue would win a game, run the football mostly, and playing some good defense? But with a walk on, Tom, with, yeah. with a walk on at that, um, you can't you can't say enough about Devin Mockaby, right? I mean, this guy is uh, he's the second coming of Mike Allstott, right? I mean, that's a, you'd swear reading the message boards that uh, that's what people were thinking. I mean. He's been darn impressive, especially not just for a walk-on, but for anybody at that position. Yeah, it's just been a fun story to follow. Boonville, Indiana, way down in the old pocket conference, played against Brady Allen in high school. Uh, he was a two-star recruit. Coming to Purdue always was his dream, Jared. He's a redshirt freshman, and we always heard rumblings about Devin Mockaby from the staff uh, during spring football and camp. Kind of wondered if, if it was real, and we're starting to see the kid has some potential, right? Yeah. So good for him. Hundred yard game, and uh, the, you got to think as he continues to develop his body, Jared, he has a chance to be a nice running back. And questions, I think, will have to be uh, pondered here when King Daru gets healthy, right? I mean, you, you can't cut this kid out of the offense right now, and he's just producing too much for you. Yeah, you're gonna need all three backs, probably Dylan Downing, of course, being the other back. But mm-hmm. King Daru sounds like he may be doubtful this for this weekend, so it could just be a Downing mock of the backfield. Once again, but yeah, even when Daru does come back from his calf injury, uh, he certainly wouldn't would not like to see Mockaby uh, lose any of his reps. But I tell you what, it's nice to have depth because obviously injuries strike, and Purdue is definitely prepared um, to fill that King Daru void with uh, with Dylan Downing and, and Devin Mockaby. Tom, there's a lot to unpack up in Madison right now. Paul Christ is is done. Uh, all they did was lose to Illinois. And, well, I mean, they had that earlier loss in the season to some FCS team. I, I get that. But the man has had so much success there. And now, I, I, look, to me, this read to me like Jim Le- Leonard's getting some calls here. At least their agent, his agent's telling him that. And they don't want to lose him. And I think they were on the fence about Chris, and they said, we need to make the move now before we lose Leonard. D- does that seem about right? Is that what you're hearing, or is it something completely different? I think you got it exactly right. That's what I've heard, too. Um, this move was made to, to, to retain Jim Leonard as much as it was to push Paul Christ out the door. Uh, the program was, was sort of tent, trending down the last couple of years, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. They, hadn't won, they hadn't won the division, uh, I think, the last two or three years, if I remember correctly. Northwestern Iowa were the last two schools to win it, and... Uh, and obviously things weren't going well this year. That that loss you you were referring to is to Washington State, 
and that was in Madison, which was was a pretty big upset too. And now Illinois goes up there with Wisconsin's old coach and Brett Bielema and whacks them 34 to 10. So, yeah, I think again, like you said, Jerry, it was more about trying to retain Jim Leonard. Um, he's obviously the interim right now. We all know they want him to be the head coach. He's going to have a long runway to, to I guess, uh, interview on the job, if you will. And you're right that he's a defensive coordinator. He's he's a hot commodity, and um, this is the guy, the new Wisconsin AD, Chris McIntosh wants, and and we shall see what direction it goes for the Badgers. Does McIntosh want him, or does, is it Alvarez that wants him? Come on, let's play. Let's little, Mac- little conspiracy in here, huh? I think it's it's, it's McIntosh. That's that's his that's his call. And uh, Barry Alvarez is handing the reins over, and it's a gamble. Let's be honest, it's a gamble. So it's kind of funny. Uh, you look at the teams you think have a good chance to win this wide open West. Talk about Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, and Purdue, and then you kind of come to Wisconsin, right? Which has really been the bellwether in that division for years, and and they look like they may be uh, sitting behind those four teams when it's all said and done. I think I saw a stat earlier, Tom, where it said Wisconsin hadn't been an underdog in a game uh, that wasn't Ohio State in, in like almost ten years. Like huh. it, it, that's an insane. Like maybe it's just in Big Ten play, but. That's uh, absolutely insane. It sounds uh, about right to me. So then that now I, I have questions about how the Big Ten West shakes out. Uh, who yeah. I mean, everybody's right there except for Wisconsin. So give me a team that's uh, that's a real contender, and give me a team that's just a that, that's a two and or was it one and one, uh, but that's just a, a pretender at this point. Well, you know, Northwestern and, and, and Nebraska. Let's scratch those two schools, right? Yeah. And then I think Wisconsin's probably looking up at the other four. I guess I'm still leaning toward Iowa. I know their struggles on offense are well-documented, but, heck, Jared, they play great defense, have great special teams. I'm never going to count them out. I still think the division's going to probably run through Iowa City. Of course, remember this, the Hawkeyes come to West Lafayette November 5th, so that could be a big ball game. So I guess I still like Iowa maybe to be the team to beat. I think Purdue certainly has a chance. Um you know, uh, again, you got you got Minnesota, Iowa, Purdue, and Illinois. And I, I guess if I were to pick one of those four teams for maybe being a little bit of a pretender, I guess I still don't want to really believe in Illinois at this point, Jared. It's been a fun story. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. Again, a great win at Madison. They should have won in Indiana, remember, the opening weekend of the year. Yeah. Uh, they lost a tough one in Bloomington, so they could be unbeaten. So I guess I'm still holding out stamping Illinois being valid just yet. So bottom line, though, it's going to be a lot of fun to see this division sort itself out the next couple months. Yeah, and the one advantage I think Purdue has in all this, you went through a lot of these uh, teams and stuff and, and ones that could be contenders. Um, you know, I know you like Iowa here, but quarterback play. I, I mean, Purdue, I know yeah. beforehand, but I mean, you, you we're listing off a lot of teams that are poor quarterback. I think it's another problem that Paul Chris has been having because that program ain't been the same since Cohen left. I, they've yet to really fill anybody in that quarterback position that uh, makes you uh, have to uh, respect the passing game, uh, and they didn't have anybody coming in anytime soon, but uh, you know, we're talking college football here, and, and Purdue's sitting pretty just because I think they have uh, easily the best quarterback out of all those guys that uh, uh, could be contenders here in the Big Ten West. Yeah, Tommy DeVito, the Syracuse transfers at Illinois. We talked about Spencer Petrus at Iowa. Tanner Morgan, of course, up there at uh, at Minnesota. And then Aiden O'Connell, right? Yeah. 
Um, there, there's, and, and there's no doubt Aiden's the best of all of them. Tanner Morgan's very good, but Aiden O'Connell is still the best quarterback, hands down, in the Big Ten West. The problem for Purdue is they got to make sure he gets healthy, right? Um, it, it was encouraging that he played last week. I don't think he was his usual self. Uh, still think he was in some, uh, in some discomfort. I think we saw that throwing the football. So hopefully he continues to heal up. Jeff Brown on Monday certainly said uh, he gave positive indications he was going to be ready to go on Saturday. He said he was optimistic. So I think we'll see Aiden. The question, though, Jared, is what Aiden are we going to see? Is it going to be an Aiden that can really push the ball downfield like we're used to, or is he still going to be limited as he deals with what's believed to be that rib injury? Tom, do you anticipate anybody else in the West losing their job? We're already down to two. It's starting to feel like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory here. I mean, it's October for Pete's sakes, and we're already down two. Uh, is there anybody else that you would uh, think this could possibly happen or anybody be the hot seat, or uh, you think we're good until we hit the end of the year? Be like Augustus Galoop going up that, that tube or Violet Bowler draws <laughs> blowing up on that big blueberry. Um, I think the Big Ten West should be okay. Uh, I don't see, you know, P.J. Flex not getting losing his job. Brett Bielema, of course, Brom and Kirk Ferentz, Pat Fitzgerald. Some people think Fitzgerald's on a hot seat, but he's not at Northwestern. So uh, I think there's been enough tumult already in that Big Ten West. Um, I don't see any other changes as far as firings go taking place in the Big Ten. Uh, but, of course, across the nation, boy, I'm sure we're going to see a, a wave of, of more dismissals here over the next couple months. Of course, Brian Harson at Auburn is probably right at the top of that list. Uh, I think the Stanford coach, David Shaw. So those are just a couple of schools and coaches, I think, that, that could end up on the firing line, if you will. So we get to this point of the year sooner and sooner with each passing year, right, Jerry, with these coaches getting fired. Earlier, earlier in the in the calendar, it's just crazy how it's working now. I, I, I like and I respect the Purdue staff and everybody that they have on it. Um, so maybe this is uh, um, I don't mean it to be a disrespectful question. Is, is there? I don't know if there's any candidates for head coaching positions there on the support staff right now. Uh, maybe you think differently. Is there anybody that maybe Jeff Brom would have to be worried about moving on and and uh, getting some. Uh, maybe head coach buzz or, or or promotion now since so much stuff is opening up early. What would you think? I guess I I don't see anybody that stands out at least at the high FBS level. Maybe at maybe at a group of five level or an FCS type of a level. Someone like a Ron English who does have head coaching experience. Um, maybe if the defense continues to play well, maybe Ron becomes a candidate at some schools um, <clears throat> at the group of five level. Um, He'd probably be the one guy of all of them, I think. Uh, you know, offensively, I, I guess I guess I don't see anybody else right now that would jump out at me as being a guy that, that would be on other schools' radars to be a head coach right now. Just as long as we uh, remove all of Mark Hagan's contact info from the uh, from the websites and, and all that stuff, I'll be happy with that. That's the one guy uh, I don't want to see uh, leave. Not that I want to see anybody leave, but boy, the way he's been recruiting and the way the defensive line's playing, I, I would like that man to set up permanent residency here in West Lafayette. Yeah, Mark's certainly done a very good job. There's no doubt about it. The way he's recruited the last two years and his defensive line's playing at a very high level. Run defense in particular has been well. He's getting better at rushing the passer, but like you said, his connections in Indiana and, and throughout the Midwest are really paying off from a recruiting standpoint. Just some terrific talent at that spot, and there's some terrific talent coming in at that spot, led by, of course, Kendrick Gilbert from, 
from Cathedral coming up here next year. Yeah, and you, you get to add Joe Strickland finally. I know he's been suffering with the mono and stuff like that, but you finally get him out there too. And that's going to be a, a heck of a line to be reckoned with with quite some time. Tom Deanhart, goldenblack.com. Again, he's doing a great job covering everything all week long, getting you all the inside stuff that you need to know about as the Boilers get set to take on uh, Maryland this weekend. Always blessed to have him on this program as well. Great friend and a uh, great insider as well. Tom, always appreciate the time with you. I, I uh, thank you so much for uh, putting us up on all the good stuff. Take care, buddy. Be good. All right. Take care, Tom. Hey, we're going to take a little break here. We'll come back. Terry Peebles, Harrison Raiders head coach, is going to join us next. And uh, we'll see what's up with them as they get ready to take on Logan Sports. Six and one Barry squad this week. So stick around. We got more Hammer Down Show coming up next. 1017 The Hammer 101. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Back over to our uh, Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We go. Coach Terry Peebles, the Harrison Raiders, on with us here. A uh, nice 41 to nothing victory over uh, Arsenal Tech last week. Uh, a strong finish there in the second quarter as well with uh, 28 points. I mean, just going out there and uh, taking care of business last week, Coach. Good job. Yeah, it helped right before halftime. We got a we we blocked it well. We tackled the punter or punter before he uh, before he punted the ball and. Kind of got a strip sack, picked it up, ran it in for a touchdown, which helped us get to 35 points at half, which is what we're always hoping for. Uh, I'll tell you what, when you can get those kind of plays in special teams, I mean, those are difference makers. I know not necessarily in this one, so to speak, but, I mean, as, as you head into the sectional tournament, I mean, uh, the, the margin for error gets thinner and thinner. And, and when you can make plays like that on special teams, right, I mean, that can be the difference between you winning a, a sectional or regional title or, uh, you know, sitting home uh, for the rest of the year, right? No question, and it, and we've been pretty good. We we started out the first couple games we were struggling a little bit on special teams, but we were struggling on offense and special teams. Uh, since then, we've had a punt return for a touchdown, two kickoff returns for a touchdown, a couple block punts. So I think we're we're kind of rounding into shape, and our kickoff coverage has been much better since uh, since about week two or week three. So I I like the state of the program right now in all three phases. You know, um, coming off that uh, Jeff win, it's. Uh... You know, sometimes you can have a little bit of that letdown. Maybe you know you just ride that emotional high, and then that next game maybe struggle. It doesn't seem like you guys did that. Uh, but the other thing I think is it's so important in these games, and you'll probably have one next week uh, against Richmond. No disrespect, but um, games where you're able to uh, take a look at what the future holds for you and get some young men uh, a lot of valuable playing time coming up. I mean. Uh, you had a number of uh, other players, uh, JV, able to come up and, and, and rush the ball, get involved in the uh, offense and stuff, too. Uh, when you're talking about building a program, that stuff doesn't happen overnight, but games like this where you're able to get uh, some some JV work in here, too, uh, talk about how essential that is to building longevity of your program. Well, we, we've had three weeks in a row where a scout teamer has done really, really well and eventually got himself moved into the starting lineup. We had Rhett Pearson uh, against Lafayette Jeff. We have Jamie Chavez on the offensive line do it. And then last week, Chris Ferguson got in uh, some varsity time, uh, caught a touchdown pass. Uh, so I, it, it's great to see the young guys developing, and, and they're pushing the upperclassmen a little bit, which keeps things fresh. Uh, you know, we Because we, we play some teams that, quite frankly, are just in, in a rebuilding phase, uh, it's important that, that we get reps or ones versus ones at practice. So uh, that, that that's something that we do each and every week. It's not every play, 
but but we need to see some live football against some uh, against some competition. So uh, I, th- I think that's really helped us get better here as the uh, years gone on. I, I think that's the key to longevity of a program, and I know. Uh, when you got here about nine years ago, that wasn't always the uh, case that you were able to do that. But, you know, working overtime here um, and building this program up the, the way that you've done to, to be able to get that and those uh, scout teamers that work so hard during the week to be able to get them those reps and give them those opportunities, I think is uh, absolutely uh, tremendous. And uh, it helps build that depth, like you said. And, of course, uh, you might need some of that here against Logansport this week. Uh, you know, the Berries have uh, been pretty good this year, 6-1. and one. Um, I know the last uh, couple of games they've had haven't been against the cream of the crop of the uh, NCC, but uh, I don't think that you get anywhere in uh, you know high school football, uh, you know, being bad. You don't get to six and one being a bad team, right? <laughs> no, six and one, six and one, and they're still in the hunt for a, a chance at the uh, at the conference championship. Uh, they're coached really well, obviously. Coach Johnson has two hundred and fifty wins, you know, which is that's ten wins a year for twenty five years. <laughs> You know, when you sit back and think about it, and their defensive coordinator uh, was actually on our staff for one year, and, you know, he was a college coordinator back when I was a college coordinator in the 90s. Uh, so, they, I mean, they just, they're very, very well coached. They're going to be in the right spot. Uh, they're not going to make any mistakes. They're going to shoot themselves in the foot. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping that we, we are a little bit bigger than they are, so I'm just hoping we can lean on them a little bit and uh, may, maybe wear out some of their two-way players and, uh, and, and hopefully – have a chance to win it there at the end. Yeah, that was something we we, we got to go back and watch that game uh, against McCutcheon and Logansport, the game where the uh, field goal goes a little wide. That seemed to be the strategy there down the stretch, was just you know hammer those two way players because while they do have some Jimmys and Joes, it just doesn't seem like they have the uh, the numbers, the depth in a lot of positions. Uh, but they were able to able to hang on there at, at the end. Uh, I think you guys with your size and speed might be able to do that. But uh, for the folks that didn't get to watch that game, um, like I said, I, I think they've got a, a, a lot of really nice pieces, just not a whole lot of backup. Uh, tell me about some of the players and positions that really uh, stand out to you when you watch the Berries on tape. Well, like you said, their their numbers aren't great. They've, they've only got about 40 guys on the team, uh, which you know we're, at this time of year we're sitting at about 90. So we, we, we have... We have the luxury of uh, having a little more depth than they do, but but they've got some studs. Uh, their, their middle linebacker is probably the best middle linebacker. Uh, well, I know he's the best one we played so far, and uh, you know hopefully we make a run in the tournament and can find some other ones as good. But but yeah, number thirty-five, their middle linebacker, he is uh, just a phenomenal football player. I think you know I would be surprised if colleges aren't knocking down his door. He's about six-two, two-fifteen, uh, makes a ton of plays. Uh, and they got some size, and they got they got some kids that really run well on defense. And the kids that run well on defense are their wingbacks. They run a, a three-back set, uh, so it, it allows them to do a lot of things. And the middle linebacker plays tight end as well. So, um, you, I mean, I would say speed-wise, it, it's a pretty fair fight. Uh, Size-wise, hopefully we, we can uh, we can lean on that and make that work in our favor. Harrison trying to uh, make sure they get the uh, lion's share of the NCC. Logansport standing in the way of that here on Friday night. They get that W, then uh, you become very big Jeff Bronco fans at that point, don't you, for the last week of the season against uh, when they take on Kokomo. Maybe send well, you send over a, a, a basket, something like that? I, I don't know. What do you, what do, you do for, uh, hey, coach, if you, uh, if you wouldn't mind beating this team for us so we can win the title? I, I don't know if their hallmark makes a card for that, do they? I, I I don't care if it's a shared title. A title is a title, <laughs> so I, I don't I don't necessarily care who wins that game. Uh, I, I think it's interesting though 
that you know with two games left and there there are two major games in our conference we we've, we've got us versus Logansport this week and Jeff versus Kokomo next week we could have one conference champion we could have two conference championships or we could be split in four different ways so uh, th- there's some some good drama going into the last two weeks of the NCC which which is not normal but I think the top end teams are are getting a lot better so it, it's exciting to see. Coming down the home stretch of the regular season, sectional draw coming up as well. So lots going on here in high school football. Coach Terry Peebles and Harrison, I can tell you they like where they're at right now and uh, uh, looking to make a big, big run here in the state tournament. they got a tremendous team with the capability of doing that. Coach Terry Peebles, uh, it's always a pleasure talking with you, my friend. A big one at Logan Sport. Best of luck on the road this Friday night. Thank you very much. All right, welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Uh, we're back over the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, and uh, we're going to bring in uh, Caitlin over there from uh, Purdue Sports. A uh, nice weekend of Purdue stuff happening this week. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of stuff is uh, sold out. Caitlin, it's great to have you back here. Um, I'm looking at this week. Tomorrow, uh, there is action on campus. Volleyball is taking on Iowa I know when they were in Iowa a couple of Sundays ago, big TV numbers for Dave Shondell and company, uh, but it is sold out in Holloway here on Wednesday night, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, you pretty much nailed it on the head. Tomorrow night, we do have volleyball. It should be a lot of fun for those of you who have tickets. Definitely recommend you get in there, get in there early. Um, it is an exciting time because we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of the coaching staff, so they have to collectively been coaching together for 20 years, which is really cool. Um, so we are celebrating that tomorrow night at Holloway, and there is a limited pint glass giveaway post game for those of you who have tickets. So, that, like I said, come early, come join us, have some fun. Uh, let's celebrate our coaching staff uh, for their time they have committed to Purdue. Um, and then coming up on Saturday, Purdue volleyball is also back in Holloway. Uh, once again, that is also sold out. So for those of you who have tickets, you can look forward to their alumni night as well as their 90s themed game happening on Saturday. They are doing a uh, Purdue nine, Purdue 90s themed fanny pack giveaway for any of those who wore those back in the day. And um, since they're coming back in style, you know why not? Um, we are giving those away that game on Saturday, um, and that game has been moved to 6 p.m. Nice. Uh, tomorrow night's game is on BTN. I will throw that out there for the 20th uh, anniversary celebration. You were in kindergarten, I believe, when this team uh, started uh, coaching together, which is. <laughs> Amazing. Probably. And then uh, I like the fanny pack giveaway. The kids are wearing it around their waist now, right? I see too many of these people that wear it like over their shoulders, and I'm yeah. like, eh, eh, no, no, no. That's, it's that's not how we do that. thing now for some reason. So regardless of which way you want to wear it, we got a fanny pack, and people seem to love it back then and even now. No, nobody liked it back then. The only people that wore <laughs> fanny packs back in the 90s were like super muscular like guys. Like you had, <laughs> you had to bench press a certain amount so that nobody actually made fun of you for wearing the fanny pack. That's, oh the, way that it, that's the way that it worked. Uh, regular people didn't. That, that's one of those fashion things that really I think people forget about. Uh, it wasn't that big of a hit back then. That's so funny. Oh, my goodness. All right, so then we do have soccer on Sunday, which will be fun here because there's only two home soccer games left, and the best part about soccer is uh, it's uh, free to attend. Correct, yeah. Um, soccer plays their second-to-last regular season game at home on Sunday, October 9th, uh, like you said, at 1 p.m., it is senior day, so jump, come join us. We will have a pre-game senior celebration um, and presentation of all of our seniors, both on the manager side, so some of our student staff, as well as our senior um, program members. 
Uh, so definitely come join us and help us celebrate their accomplishments both on and off the pitch. It should be an exciting game. And uh, like I said, another conference game, second to last. Definitely come join us. It is free admission. So no reason not to. And the weather's looking pretty good. Nice. Sounds like a lot of extra work for whatever handsome man is working the PA over there at uh, Purdue Soccer on Sunday. I know. It's a lucky thing we have just the great man for it. <laughs> That's me. I'm the man. Uh, all right. So it's uh, volleyball here on Wednesday and Saturday. Both sold out. But don't forget, tomorrow night's game is on BTN. And then soccer, always free to attend. You only got two more home games left. Senior day going to be on Sunday, 1 yep. o'clock. Caitlin, uh, it's always a pleasure to get to talk with you. Boiler up. We'll check in again next week. Cool. Boiler up. Big thanks to Caitlin there. And um, time for the things that we may have missed today. Uh, I know one thing right off the top of the bat that I missed here earlier on was the fact that uh, we talked about the NBA preseason tonight. Uh, you did have those uh, Chicago Bulls uh, hosting the Pelicans uh, 940 on TNT. But... Before that game, you get yourself uh, the debut of Jaden Ivey as the Detroit Pistons uh, take on the Knicks. Pistons are a four-and-a-half-point underdog in that one. Uh, Lord knows if you can actually take player props in that. I, you you got to be some level degenerate to want to get in on that. I did see some guy on Twitter like hit a round robin on like margin parlay. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a betting generate, but uh, I, I don't think I'm that crazy. But uh, good luck to you if you're going to do that. But Jaden going first there, TNT, uh, against the uh, New York Knicks. And then you got your Bulls uh, coming up after that at uh, 940. So if you're so inclined, you're into the NBA, that's your thing. Something to watch. What else you got on a Tuesday night? Are you gonna, I mean, maybe you got to catch up on that episode of House of the Dragon that you didn't get to watch Sunday or Monday. I, the best I got for you. Uh, you can still check out. It's only taking an hour of your time. You can still check out both these games and uh, see how Jaden looks out there with the uh, Pistons. Uh, very, very uh, excited for him. Uh, there's also something brewing down at SMU that is going to have a lot of people upset. Um, and honestly, it's it's thrown me for a little bit of a loop. If you haven't heard about this, SMU's two and four, and now they've got a bunch of players uh, that want to sit out the rest of the year to preserve their red shirt. Uh, okay. First off, uh, we've talked about this before. We, we have the new rules and what college uh, football is and what the college sports landscape is right now. I tend to side with the college athlete. I tend to like them having options to be able to do this. Uh, I never once really had a problem with the transfer portal. Uh, coaches can up and leave at a second's notice after sitting in your uh, living room uh, six months earlier telling you about how great the university is and how great it is to play for them, and then they up and leave because they get a better deal or they get fired, something like that. Maybe promises aren't kept. And, uh, you know, you're kind of stuck. I, I like the freedom of them to be able to transfer the one time. I, I thought the one time transfer rule is great. I know it's gotten a little bit more prolific, but we don't see a ton of the horror stories uh, like people thought it was going to be. Um, it's not it's not my ideal situation, but it, it gives the players a, a lot of uh, a lot of power. I, I, I like it. Grass isn't always greener and not all these people find stuff. That's the thing that I don't like about it. Uh, it's not as sure that you're going to be able to get yourself a new situation. A lot of people still sit in there, and that's uh, that's a bummer. But with this, um, you're going to read it on the surface as well. Now, these teams are not. This team's not good. These guys are being selfish. They want to preserve the year, so they're more attractive in the portal. 
Um, one, I, I don't know how much of a problem I have with that. Initially, I was like, you did make a commitment to play there for the year, right? But SMU under new management right now, you don't know what's said to these kids, what's promised these kids, and then what ends up happening. Um, uh, part of me does not like the fact that you're like, I'm sitting out the rest of the year to preserve this kind of stuff. This is ridiculous. At one point, I feel like you're making a commitment to play. But on the other hand, too, kids do get lied to by a lot of people. It does happen. The thing that concerns me is if this becomes a new trend, hey, I'm good, we started out bad, I'm thinking about getting out of here, so now I'm just not going to play anymore and give myself an extra year someplace else where I want to be. I hope it doesn't start a trend. I don't think it's going to. Uh, I think in certain situations, like the one at SMU, um, you can take a look at and say, "Ah, I can't necessarily fault the kid for wanting to do that because of you know, what the situation is at the school and, and coaching turnover and stuff. I, I think we can all understand that. That's uh, that's not something that you can just, you know, bang your fist on the table. But, all right, you made a commitment and you should honor it. And then that's the way it should work. And come on. Now, if you can play, you can, oh, let's face it. If you, if you were a great running back, skill position player, um, and you pull this kind of stuff, it doesn't matter how bad your attitude is. Somebody is going to pick you up because they are willing to put up with you for your talent. A lot of places are willing to do it. Not every place, but there are some places willing to do that. Uh, my thing here is I, I just hope this doesn't turn into a thing because, like I said, not everybody finds a home, and it can be hard for a lot of players. So uh, here's hoping it's not a new thing. Um, I, I like the portal. I, just the more the year go, farther we go down the, the the rabbit hole here, the more that thing seems to get filled up. The less jobs there seem to be out there for kids, and uh, that definitely does not benefit the college athlete. That's going to do us for the show today. Tomorrow, McCutcheon coach Josh Strasser joins us, and we'll see you back here tomorrow, three o'clock, one hundred one seven. The Hammer at Purdue Federal Credit Union. It's about a relationship, a relationship that goes where you go wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured.